Welcome back to Broad Sports, everybody. As always, I am your host, Kevin Cohn, and I want to personally welcome you into episode number nine. Now, I do want to clarify this before I begin. Unfortunately, this is a backup episode for number nine. I had an amazing episode planned with Colby Cook and Gray Ost from Nothing But Ball. They were going to make their second appearance on the podcast, and it was supposed to be uploaded back on Friday, talking about the college football season and how it's going to be a little bit different than normal seasons. But unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties with the audio and even just trying to upload it in general, I did have to scratch that episode. So Colby, Gray, if you guys are watching, I'm sorry that these circumstances had to make me scratch the episode, but I do want to get you guys on for your true second appearance on this podcast. Today, I'm super excited to talk today. Uh, I'm actually going to use the word broad today since my title is Broad Sports. I'm not going to focus on just one league today. I'm going to focus on college football with the top 25 being released and NFL Week 2 predictions. This is where I'm finally going to use the word broad, if I'm making sense. But before I even dive into those two topics, I want to give a quick congratulations to the Dallas Stars. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights last night to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. This is their first Stanley Cup Finals since the 1999-2000 season, where they did lose to the New Jersey Devils. But you guys have finally made it back, and you are four, four games away from bringing that cup back to Dallas for the first time since the 1999 or 1998-1999 season. It was the 1999 Stanley Cup Finals, where you had that questionable call against the Buffalo Sabres, where he was clearly in the crease, but they didn't see it. So you guys came away with your Stanley Cup championship. But again, congratulations. You definitely deserve it. I definitely doubted you guys a lot, especially watching you in the round robin. I thought you guys were flat. I didn't think you guys had the strength to lead you far. I did have you go to the Western Conference Finals in my original NHL predictions. And of course, I switched that. But congratulations. You definitely deserve it. And they're awaiting the New York Islanders or the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay does lead three games to one. Game five is tonight. I am recording this on Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. Go Lightning. The reason why I say go Lightning, you guys all know I'm a Flyers fan, and the Islanders absolutely embarrassed us. Game seven, losing for nothing. <sighs> so I'm not liking the Islanders at this point. So go Lightning. And once the Stanley Cup final is set, I will do an episode on the season recap, how these teams got here, and my official 2020 Stanley Cup final prediction, where will the Stanley Cup be heading back to? Will it head back to Dallas, Tampa Bay, or New York? You'll just have to wait and see, my friends. Same with the NBA. Game seven between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers are tonight. I mean, if the Nuggets win this game, this team is destined to go to the finals. They came back from a 3-1 series lead against the Utah Jazz where they beat them in advance. And Clippers were up three games to one heading into game five. 
and the Clip and the Nuggets have forced a game seven. And they are looking for the first team in NBA history to come back from a three one series lead and win the series not once but twice in a postseason. They would be the first team in NBA history to come back from a three one lead and win the series multiple times in one postseason. That would be an amazing accomplishment. And it's also crazy to think that Nuggets stars Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, every single series that they have been in, in their careers, have gone to seven games. That's amazing. But on the flip side of that, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals is tonight between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. The Miami Heat, this is their first time back in a while. I believe it was their last time in the Eastern Conference Finals was with LeBron James in the 13-14 season. I do not remember who they beat in the Eastern Conference Finals, but they did end up losing to the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA Finals. So it will be amazing to see if Miami does head back to the NBA Finals. And for the Boston Celtics, hold on, before I even say anything, they beat the Indiana Pacers in the conference finals. And for the Boston Celtics, this is their third trip to the Eastern Conference Finals in four seasons. I mean, oh God, this is going to rhyme. Brad Stevens has proven he is an amazing coach in the NBA. He led Butler to... Not one, but two national championship games where, unfortunately, he did lose both of them. But, I mean, his his skill, his finesse as a head coach definitely improved in the NBA. The Celtics, yeah, congratulations. I'm not the biggest fan of you guys. You guys definitely embarrassed my Sixers. But, hey, we won the season series 3-1. to one. Yes, you guys technically won the whole series against us, beating us five games, and we only won three against you this year. But there was one bright side in the Celtics sweeping the Sixers, and that is that Brett Brown was fired. And they are on the hunt for head coach. I thought Jason Kidd was favored. Teron Lue was favored. I think if Teron Lue came, that would be amazing for the morale of the Sixers. But I digress. For the Celtics, let's see if they do get back to the uh, NBA Finals for the first time since 2010 when it was their last time in the NBA Finals. Unfortunately, it was actually Kobe Bryant's last time in the NBA Finals. Kobe Bryant, you're a Philadelphia legend. Yes, you didn't play for Philadelphia, but you went to Larry Marion High School. You're one of the greatest athletes to come out of our, to come out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I would rest in paradise to Kobe Kobe was definitely a big inspiration to me growing up. My brother was a big fan of LeBron James. I was more of a fan of Kobe than I was of LeBron. He was one of my favorite athletes growing up. So, Kobe, rest in paradise, along with your daughter, Gigi. But, yeah, that was the last time the Celtics were in the NBA Finals. That was the 2009-2010 season, where they did lose to the Los Angeles Lakers. So... We'll see if they do make it back. The last two times they have been in the Eastern Conference Finals, though, they met up with LeBron James 
when he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers, where LeBron absolutely destroyed them. So, also, when the NBA Finals are set, I will also do that season recap as well. And we will see, will the NBA championship stay in Florida since they're playing in Orlando? Will it stay in Florida and head to Miami? Will it go up north to the Garden? Will it head west to the Staples Center for either the Lakers or the Clippers? Or will it head to Denver? We'll just have to wait and see. As, again, once the NBA Finals are set, I will do a season recap how these teams got here and my official predictions for your 2020 NBA champion. Now, let's get into our main chunk of this episode for a sec. We're back. We're diving back into the sport of football. College football, they have finally updated the top 25. It looked a little bit weird when the ACC, when the ACC teams and the Big 12 teams made their debuts last week as a lot of the top five didn't actually even play as a lot of them were from the SEC, which will actually start not this Saturday the 19th, but the following Saturday the 26th. I'm super excited for the SEC to be picking back up. But yeah, they really had to kind of roll with it for now as the Big 12, the Big 10 and the Pac-12 both did postpone their seasons. However, the Big 10, they are currently voting on if they will bring back football for the 2020 season. I believe they want to start it in late October, which will be a little bit weird knowing that the season will be even shorter than it was because, I mean, that's a weird way to put it, but you're set. I know that some of you guys are going to be saying, Kevin, what are you talking about? They only cut down uh, 12 games to only 10, but now if they start back up in November, they might only get like late October, early November they may only get like five or six games, maybe seven, if there's a conference championship. But I'm excited to see if they do come back because there's also a lot of college football favorites definitely coming out of the Big Ten. Probably the top two favorites to come out of the Big Ten for college football playoff favorites are Penn State and Ohio State. You can throw Michigan in there if you want, but I don't think that they're – we're going to do that well anyway this year. And in the Pac-12, really the only college football playoff favorite out of the Pac-12 was Oregon. Yes, Southern Cal was ranked, and they're probably going to be pretty good. They're going to fight with Utah, but they're probably not going to make the college football play. They probably wouldn't make the college football playoff. It was most likely going to be the Ducks up in Eugene. So, let's dive into this AP Top 25. At number one, this team was unanimously voted as the number one team in the country to start off the preseason. And they're staying at number one, and that is the Clemson Tigers. They had an absolutely dominating game against Wake Forest back on Saturday and went to Salem, and they will still remain the number one team in the country. The number two team in the country, they will debut next Saturday. That is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, there's nothing really much to say here. It will be interesting to see, though, if Mac Jones will keep his starting job 
or a freshman quarterback, Bryce Young, will step in instead. Bryce Young is from Modern Day High School in California. He was from the number, I believe they were number one. They stayed in the top five a majority of the year. They did lose the league championship to St. John Bosco, but I mean, that is a great rivalry. And I believe also St. John Bosco's quarterback went to Clemson. So these two teams meet up in the national championship. That's going to be an amazing story over in California. I believe it's Santa Ana and Bella Flower is where both those teams are. But that will be an amazing story as you will see the St. John Bosco modern day rivalry in college football. That would be an amazing story. The number three team in the country comes from the Big 12, and that is Boomer Sooner, folks. The number three team in the country is the Oklahoma Sooners. They had kind of a cupcake game to begin the season. They played the Bears of Missouri State, and I believe they do not play this week, but they will play Kansas State next week. So let's see if they do get their revenge for that game last year. They did almost come back, but unfortunately they did take the loss. So, again, we'll just have to wait and see. Number four, number five, and number six, they are all SEC teams, with number four being the Georgia Bulldogs, the defending SEC East champions. I believe they've gone the last three years. Yes, it's been the last three years. Uh, number five are the Florida Gators. And number six are the defending national champions, the LSU Tigers. They're the defending SEC West champions as well. I'm super excited to see what that team does, knowing they lost a lot. They lost Grant Delpit. They lost Joe Burrow. They lost Clyde Edwards-Elair. They lost Justin Jefferson. They lost Terrence Marshall. Unfortunately, Joe Brady came and then left. He is now with the Carolina Panthers. And star wide receiver Jamar Chase did opt out of the 2020 season. He did say he is coming back for the 2021 season. But let's just see if Miles Brennan has it in him to lead this team to another SEC West title without his star receiver. We'll have to wait and see. Number seven is the newly tainted ACC team. And I say air quotes on tainted as this team isn't independent, but because they're every other sport is in the ACC, they're in the ACC this year because of coronavirus and them not getting screwed over. That is the number seven Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The reason why they're independent, folks, is because of their NBC contract. It has been a big tradition to have the Notre Dame Fighting Irish play their home games on NBC. The reason why they didn't join the ACC was because of that and also because they do not want to sign that ESPN contract that the ACC has as, in my opinion, will Notre Dame join the ACC in football eventually. But it will look weird to have a Notre Dame home football game on ESPN and not on NBC. That's what I've grown up with ever since I was a little kid, and I believe my parents as well. My parents were both born in 1969. It's been a tradition for a very long time. So I think it'd be a little bit odd to not see a Notre Dame home football game on NBC. Number eight are the Tigers of Auburn. That's right, War Eagle gets into the top 10. 
Number nine are the Texas Longhorns. And the team that rounds out the top 10 is the number 10 Texas A&M Aggies. I mean, that's a very, very interesting top 10. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the top 10 are from the SEC. So they haven't even played yet. They will play next week. Two, technically, are from the ACC, even though Notre Dame is usually independent for the football, for football, and two come from the Big 12 in Texas and Oklahoma. Number 11 are the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Number 12 are the North Carolina Tar Heels. Number 13 are the Cincinnati Bearcats. Number 14 are the University of Central Florida Knights, or UCF for short. And number 15 are the Volunteers of the University of Tennessee. Those are teams from the original top 25 that were not from the Pac-12 or the Big Ten. 16 through 25, these next teams were all just added this week. Number 16, this is another team from the American. That is the Memphis Tigers. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that coach Norvell as he left for Florida State. But let's see what happens with the Tigers over in the Liberty Bowl. Number 17 are the Miami Hurricanes. It's good to see that they're back in the rankings once again. Along with Louisville at number 18. These guys will actually play each other this week. So this will be the first ranked versus ranked matchup that we have this year. Number 19 actually comes from the Sun Belt, and that is the number 19 Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. They got a big upset on the road in Ames last week, big 31-14 victory over the Cyclones of Iowa State. That was actually their first road win against the ranked opponent in school history. So congratulations, Cajuns. You guys definitely deserve that ranking. Number 20 are the Virginia Tech Hokies. They were supposed to debut this week, actually – which this kind of sucks. So the debut game for Virginia Tech, or the season opener, I should say, not debut game, the season opener of the 2020 season was going to be the Commonwealth Cup between the University of Virginia and Virginia Tech in Lane Stadium in Blacksburg. UVA, they're looking to make it two in a row. They did break the, They finally broke the streak last year. After 15 straight years of Virginia Tech winning the Commonwealth Cup. But, I mean, we might not even get this rivalry game this year, which kind of sucks. I remember this game was always on Black Friday. And, I mean, this team has been really exciting the last couple of years. Um, Virginia Tech forcing a comeback the last time they were in Lane Stadium. And then eventually beating the Cavaliers in overtime. And then the theatrics of the last five minutes of that UVA-Virginia Tech game last year where all the Cavalier fans throw in the field. They had to Charlotte to get absolutely murdered by Clemson, may I add. But that was definitely special as the winner went to the ACC championship game, and that was the first time they won in 15 years. And that was the first time they went to the ACC championship game, I believe, in a while or ever. But that team definitely lost a lot of guys. UVA, I don't think it's going to do well at all. Virginia Tech, they look like they could finish in the top five of the ACC this year. They could be one of the teams to be favored to actually go into the championship game this year. Because with the ACC this year, 
they're not doing Atlantic and Coastal. So when they probably go back to that next year or when coronavirus is done with in general and they switch back to the Atlantic and the Coastal, the defending Coastal champion will be the University of Virginia and the defending Atlantic will be the Clemson Tigers. But, yeah, we might not get the Commonwealth Cup this year, which kind of sucks because Virginia Tech, since they postponed this game, they will open up next week against NC State, and they don't have a bye week until November 28th. That sounds great, right? Unfortunately, UVA has a game already set up with the Florida State Seminoles, so we might not get it this year, which would absolutely suck. Number 21, this, this is an independent team. I mean, this team absolutely laid a beat down on the Naval Academy, and that is the number 21 BYU Cougars. These guys proved that they were definitely ready to play football, smacking the midshipmen around at uh, Navy Marine Corps State Memorial Stadium, winning 55-3. to They definitely deserve to be on this list. Number 22 is the Military Academy, but it is not the midshipmen. And it is not the Falcons of Air Force. It is the Black Knights of Army. This team is already off to a 2-0 start. They were actually supposed to play BYU this week. But that was another game that was unfortunately postponed. So I hope that they were or they are able to maybe play this game later in the season. This was definitely going to be an amazing game this week. Um, But, yeah, also uh, Memphis, their game was postponed against Houston, which kind of sucks. But I digress. Number 23, this team made it into the top 25 for the first time in school history last year. This team definitely could have gone to a um, New Year's Six Bowl, but unfortunately a bad loss in their conference ruined the chances of that. And that is the number 23 Appalachian State Mountaineers. This team has been one of the most successful teams moving up from the FCS to the FBS. This team, I believe, has had an eight-win seat at least eight wins every single year they've been in the FBS, and they're all-time undefeated in bowl games. That's an amazing accomplishment to move up from D1AA or the FCS to move up to single A or the FBS, and they're one of the best teams to do it so far. They got a big win against insane rival Charlotte. But, yeah, like I said, this team was definitely destined to play in a New Year's Six Bowl last year. They definitely could have because they had the resume to do it last year, because they upset the University of North Carolina Tar Heels in Chapel Hill last year and upset the University of South Carolina Gamecocks in Columbia. But unfortunately, their terrible loss in the Sun Belt came at the hands of the Eagles of Georgia Southern on Halloween night at home. So it didn't matter that they laid a beat down on the UL Lafayette Raging Cajuns in the Sun Belt Championship game. They weren't fighting for a New Year's Six Bowl like Memphis and Boise State were. Uh, Another team that is actually tied at 23. There's not number 24. That is another SEC team out of the East, and that is the Kentucky Wildcats. Excited to see what they do in Lexington this year. And rounding out the top 25 is a team from the ACC and my home state of Pennsylvania, and that is the Pitt Panthers. Yes, they played Austin P and beat them 55 nothing. But, again, you beat a team by 50 points. I think you deserve to be in the top 25. 
they will get a big contest this week as they host not only their now ACC rival, but also an old Big East rival in the University of Syracuse. The only team that did drop from the rankings, like I said, was Iowa State from number 23. They lost to Louisiana Lafayette. Bad loss at home. It's their only non-conference game. Bad loss. Other teams that received some votes were Baylor, West Virginia, Georgia Tech, TCU, Virginia, Arkansas State, who upset Kansas State in Manhattan last week. The Big 12 struggled immensely in their debut. I mean, you had Texas Tech having to hold off an FCS team in the Huskies of Houston Baptist. And then you had UL Lafayette come into Ames and beat the Cyclones. And then you had the Red Wolves of Arkansas, two teams from the Thumb Belt, went into Big 12 venues and came away with victories. That's embarrassing for the Big 12. Uh, SMU also received some receiving votes. So did Mississippi State, Iowa State, South Florida, Old Miss, Texas Tech, UAB, Missouri, Florida State, Air Force, Marshall, and Houston. Let's take a look into the top 25 games. Yes, I will only be doing the top 25 games for right now. When I get into the stretch of the season when it's actually going to matter, um, then I will do conference-only games. I mean, who am I kidding? Most of these games are conference-only. But kicking it off at noon on ESPN, it is the number 11 Oklahoma State Cowboys. They will not host a Sun Belt team for their sole non-conference game. They will actually host an American team from their state, and that is the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. For any of you guys that like to bet, the current line is at Oklahoma State. They are 22.5-point favorites. I have the Cowboys coming away with a victory. At noon on ESPN+, Plus, it is the Austin P. Governors traveling to Cincinnati to take on the number 13th-ranked Bearcats. For Austin P., this team is already 0-2. They lost to Central Arkansas in a very hard-fought, close game, and then they got absolutely blown out by Pitt. And this is actually their last game of the season. That's how they have their season configured. They're only going to be able to play three games this year. And the Campbell Fighting Camels from Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, they're only allowed to play four games. There was a fifth game that was available to them in Marshall, but they wanted to abide by the conference rules of only playing four games. I'm going to pick the Bearcats in that game. At noon on ESPN2, it is the number 19 Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. They will travel to Atlanta to take on the Panthers of Georgia State. The line has the Raging Cajuns as 17-point favorites, but the Sun Belt is always a tricky conference. There's always a lot of heavily favored teams. I mean, you've seen how Troy's done the last couple of years. Yes, Appalachian State's won the last two years since they joined the Sun Belt, but there's a lot of really talented teams that you've seen over the last few years. You've seen Troy, Georgia State's had a couple of great years every now and then. Coastal Carolina, I mean, they haven't really done that well since their transition from the FCS to the Sun Belt, but they keep getting better and better and better. Um, Georgia Southern, they have a couple of years where they're good, a couple of years where they're not. 
I'm going to pick the Raging Cajuns to win, but I would not be surprised if Georgia State did cover that spread. At noon on the ACC Network, it is the Syracuse Orange. They travel to Heinz Field to take on the number 25 Pittsburgh Panthers, or we just call them Pitt. Um, Yeah, this is an amazing rivalry game. It's not only an ACC rivalry. This goes back to the old Big East days. Yes, it was a bigger rivalry in basketball than it was in football, but it's still an amazing rivalry uh, between, I mean, it's a classic Pennsylvania and New York rivalry. It's not Philly, New York, but it's the actual states themselves. I am going to pick the Panthers to win 22 points on the spread. That's a little generous in my eyes, but who knows? They could cover that, but I could also see Syracuse covering that spread as well. At 2.30 p.m., oh, this is a little interesting. So this is number seven Notre Dame. They will host the Bulls of South Florida. This is their sole non-conference game, but it will not actually be on NBC. It will be on the USA Network. The line is at 26 points. I have the Fighting Irish winning this game. Is 26 points maybe a little generous? Maybe, but it's Notre Dame, so we'll have to wait and see. At 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN3, it is the University of Charlotte 49ers. They will travel to Chapel Hill take on the number 12-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. I have the Tar Heels winning this game. It's 30. Again, that's another spread that's a little generous, knowing that I believe Charlotte only lost to App State by maybe 12. So I think 30 is a little bit generous. At 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC, we've got the number 14 UCF Golden Knights I believe they are the Golden Knights. They might just be the Knights, but this is their season opener. They unfortunately had two games postponed, which were the East Carolina Pirates and the FIU Panthers. Or they're the Golden Panthers, actually. But again, they've had two games postponed, which sucks. But they are finally going to be able to play some football in Orlando. But it is not going to be in Orlando. It's going to be in Atlanta when they have to travel to go play Georgia Tech, who came off an impressive winning against Florida State. No one really thought, especially me, I didn't think that they were going to beat Florida State, but they did, and they came away with the victory. UCF is favored by 7.5. You might call me crazy, but I'm going to pick the Yellow Jackets to upset the Knights. Call me crazy all you want. At 3.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS, we have the number 23 Appalachian State Mountaineers. They will head up to West Virginia to take on the Marshall Thundering Herd. Appalachian State is favored by four and a half. This is also another bold prediction, but I'm going to pick Marshall to win that game as well. At 4 p.m. Eastern on the ACC Network, we have the Bulldogs of the Citadel. Heading to Memorial Stadium in Clemson to take on the number one Clemson Tigers. This is the home opener. They rarely ever lose these games, especially to an FCS opponent. I think Clemson is going to absolutely maul the Bulldogs. At 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC, this is probably where game day might honestly go to this week. They went to Winston-Salem last week for the Clemson-Wake game. as That was the most notable game. 
uh, last week. It is the number 17 Miami Hurricanes against the number 18 Louisville Cardinals. It is at Cardinal Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville is favored by two and a half points. I like the Cardinals in this matchup. I mean, these teams played Conference USA teams. I believe Louisville played Western Kentucky and Miami played UAB, but uh, I like the Cardinals in this game. And unfortunately, the other three top 25 games were postponed, which were the Virginia Cavaliers heading to Lane Stadium to battle for the Commonwealth Cup against the number 20 Virginia Tech Hokies, the number 21 BYU Cougars. They were going to travel to West Point to take on the number 22 Black Knights of Army. And this game was actually going to be on Friday, but the Houston Cougars were going to travel to Memphis to take on the number 16th ranked Memphis Tigers. That game, unfortunately, was also postponed. That is it for the NCAA football segment. Let's get into week two of the NFL, folks, shall we? Now, I plan on making my predictions every single week, I hope. But let's dive into it. I didn't have the best week last week or the best opening week of picks this year. I mean, I still had a winning record, but I definitely could have done a lot better. I went 9-7 with my picks. So let's dive into it, shall we? And I will also read the over-unders and the lines for any of you fans of putting your money towards Las Vegas and gambling. Kicking it off for the actual debut of Thursday Night Football. This will be on NFL Network. In the coming weeks, it will be on Fox, but... Anyway, at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on the NFL Network this Thursday, it is the Battle of Ohio. At First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio, the Bengals and the Browns. That's definitely going to be an interesting game, especially when you look at how these teams played. Cincinnati, that team, they look honestly surprisingly better than I thought they were going to be. Joe Burrow didn't have, I mean, he had a pretty good day. He had 193 yards, but unfortunately he did not throw a touchdown and he did throw an interception. So unfortunately he did not throw a touchdown, which kind of sucks. And he threw a turnover. So he's already at a minus one turnover margin, but yeah, I mean, this team only lost by three to the Los Angeles Chargers. Joe Burrow did throw a touchdown pass. Now, let me clarify before you say, wait, you just said he didn't. So he threw a touchdown pass to A.J. Green on first and goal, and he caught it with about six seconds left. But unfortunately, he was called for offensive P.I. as he had a full arm extension and pushed off Casey Hayward to make the Tony to make the toe tap catch in the corner of the end zone for the touchdown. So they pushed it back 10 yards, and instead of deciding to go for another pass, since they did not have any timeouts left, they decided to bring out the field goal squad, and Randy Bullock absolutely pulled a field goal to the right, and he actually did end up getting hurt on that play. I believe he pulled a hamstring, but anyway, the Chargers came away with a victory, and the Browns, oh good God. Brown was the color of their pants after that game uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. An absolute ass beating is the best word to describe 
that game. The Ravens dominated the Browns from the opening whistle to the closing, to the whistle that ends the game. The Ravens were on fire back on Sunday. Browns had no answers. So the current line has it set up where the Browns are actually favored by five and a half points, and the over-under is 43 and a half. This is going to be an interesting game, in my opinion. I'm going to pick the Bengals. I'm going to say that Joey Burrow, not only does he throw his first touchdown, but he's also going to get his first career win as the Cincinnati Bengal, beating the Cleveland Browns. Moving on to Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS, we have the 0-1 New York Giants traveling to Chicago to take on the 1-0 Chicago Bears. The Giants, they lost a heartbreaker. They were actually in it, in it for a majority of the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Pittsburgh, they just had more answers, and the Giants just could not stop Juju. Smith-Schuster, he finished an amazing game. He had two touchdowns on the night. But, yeah, they just couldn't find the answer, so they did start the season 0-1. And the Chicago Bears... Wow, what a comeback. This team was down 23-6 to at one point, and they came all the way back to win 27-23 against the Detroit Lions. Now, the Lions, they did have an opportunity to win the game. Rookie DeAndre Swift from the University of Georgia. He is a local Philly guy. He went to St. Joe's Prep and then went to the University of Georgia. He did score his first career touchdown. Right before the half, right before the first half expired. So congratulations, DeAndre. I hope you have an amazing career in Detroit. But unfortunately, he dropped a wide open touchdown pass, and I mean it's a rookie mistake. He's definitely going to learn from it, but I don't think he should beat himself up over it. Yes, unfortunately, that did cost the game for the Lions, but yeah, he's not going to beat himself up for that. The current line is that the Bears are favored by five and a half points. And the over-under is 42 points. I mean, the Bears' defense, come on. Yes, the Giants have a actually decent wide receiver in Darius Slayton. But, I mean, Saquon just looked abysmal last night. There's, I believe, six quarterbacks, I think maybe eight quarterbacks that have more rushing yards than he does. He has only six rushing yards on the year so far. That was a pretty bad performance. And, yeah, I'm just going to pick the Bears. I'm definitely going to pick the Bears. Five and a half. I think they'll cover that. They'll probably, In my opinion, they'll probably win by double digits. Meanwhile, I forgot to say this for the Bengals-Browns game. I see it more hitting the under, more of a 21-17 victory, maybe 24-14 victory for one of these teams. But I do think the Bengals will cover that 5.5-point spread. And I think the Bears will cover that 5.5. Moving on to 1 p.m. Eastern on Fox. It is the home opener at AT AT&T Stadium between the Matt Ryan and the 0-1 Atlanta Falcons, they will head to Dallas to take on the 0-1 Dallas Cowboys. 
The current line is that the Cowboys are favored by five points and the over-under is 52.5. I don't know how I feel about that. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, also another local Philadelphia guy. He went to Penn Charter High School, went to Boston College, was drafted number one overall by the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, yes, unfortunately, he did get the loss against Russell Wilson in the Atlanta Seahawks. Atlanta Seahawks, excuse me, the Seattle Seahawks, the Atlanta Falcons. Was I thinking Seattle Falcons and Atlanta Seahawks? Maybe, but at least I caught my mistake. I mean, yeah, he threw uh, 400, he threw 450 yards, two touchdowns. He did get an interception later in the game, but 450 yards is something that, especially in a loss, yes, you're mad about a loss, but 450 yards, he shouldn't slap himself. He shouldn't slap himself silly for that. He had an amazing game. Dak Prescott, he didn't have a bad game either. I mean, he threw for, I believe, 262 yards in his loss to the Rams. Um, now, I am an Eagles fan, and you know I hate the Cowboys. Was the Jalen Ramsey OPI, or the OPI call of Michael Gallup when he quote-unquote, pushed off Jalen Ramsey. A little bit questionable. Yes, I think that was, personally, I did think that that was probably a flop. And Dallas probably would have scored and won the game. But, again, I'm not an NFL referee. I don't make these, I don't make the dumb decisions like they do. Um, but I'm surprised, honestly, that Dallas is favored in this game. I mean, Dallas... They're going to be a little crippled. And what I mean by that is, no, they're not going to be crippled in the running back department. Uh, Zeke had an amazing game. He had two touchdowns on the ground in the loss. Uh, Amari Cooper had a pretty decent game. I believe CD and Gallup also had some pretty decent games as well. But this guy was finally going to be able to fit the starting role. That is Blake Jarwin, their tight end. Unfortunately, they did lose him for the season on a torn ACL, which really does suck for him, honestly. I mean, he played really limited last year. He did score a touchdown in the Dallas Cowboys route on Sunday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles last year. But with Jason Witten leaving for the Raiders, he was definitely going to definitely hop up into that number one position, and he wanted to show why. He could be that number one guy, especially knowing he was going to sign an extension soon. But, I mean, he only had one reception for 12 yards, and now he's out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. And also, their linebackers just keep getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Sean Lee will still be on IR for this game. He will be on IR for the next two games. And the Cowboys' next game is not pleasant either. They all, the, after this game against the Falcons, they have to go to Seattle, play the Seahawks. That one's not going to be that one's not going to be fun for them, especially knowing that also they lost Leighton Vander Esch for at least six to eight weeks as he's going to need to get surgery to fix a broken collarbone. Listen, you guys all know I hate the Cowboys. I hate saying their name. I hate everything about their organization. But there's some players I do like on that team. Vanderesh is one of the players I do like. And it's unfortunate because now I have a feeling he's definitely going. He had a very promising rookie year. 
he had an amazing rookie year. That's why he went to the Pro Bowl. But then last year, he did miss seven games with a neck injury. And he was really looking forward to get back, getting back on the field this season. And now he's got a broken collarbone. So hopefully he does not hit that roller coaster of injuries that keep affecting the rest of his career. I do want to see him back in an NFL uniform soon. In a Dallas uniform? No, not at all. Especially when, when they play the Eagles. But, um, yeah, I think he's a great player. And it's unfortunate that they lost him for six to eight weeks. So, for that being said, I'm going to pick the Atlanta Falcons in the upset over the Dallas Cowboys. Moving on to 1 o'clock on Fox, we have the 0-1 Detroit Lions traveling to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. The line, Green Bay, is favored by six points. The over-under is at 49. Oh, for the Cowboys-Falcons game, I could see that game hitting the over. The Bears game, I see that more hitting the under, and the Bengals game also hitting the under. Uh, so I have Atlanta in the upset, so that means that I'd be Atlanta Falcons winning. So they're going to cover their five-point spread. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, the Lions, they've won four out of the last six against the Packers. Yes, the Packers did sweep them last year, but... I mean, they were close in all their in both games against the Packers. Uh, it was unfortunate that they did blow that 17-point lead because this team looked dominant out of the gate, especially knowing that they got Adrian Peterson to support that running back group, the young running back group, may I add, of Kerryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift. Galladay's healthy. Marvin Jones is healthy. Matt Stafford is healthy as well. Uh, was Jamie, Jamie Collins was ejected in the game. Was it a little bit ridiculous? Yes, but also he knows better. He's a veteran. He was trying to show the ref that, uh, one of the Bears players was lowering his head and he lowered his head, but unfortunately made contact with the referee. So he was flagged for non-sportsman conduct and was ejected from the game. Um, Packers, I mean, this team showed why they went 13-3 and last year. This team had an amazing victory against the Vikings. Yes, the Vikings did come back a little bit, but they still won by almost double digits and escaped Minnesota with the victory. So I am going to pick the Packers in this game. I will actually, though, or no, I'm still picking the Lions to win. But I am picking the Lions to cover that spread. And I could see this game hitting the over as well, but it most likely will hit the under. But yeah, no, I have the Packers winning, but the Lions covering the spread. Moving on to 1 o'clock on CBS, we have... The Jacksonville Jaguars against the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are favored by nine points, and the over-under is 43. Both of them are 1-0. I was really shocked at the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Indianapolis Colts. I really was. I didn't think this team was going to win at all at the beginning of the season. I thought this team was going to be like the Bengals last year that went 2-14. and 14. 
where the Bengals got their first win of the year, I believe, at week 11. I thought they were going to get a win around that time. But week one victory, hats off to Gardner Minshew. Had an amazing, an amazing game. Only one incompletion and three touchdown passes, and he got the victory. Hats off to you, Gardner. And the Titans, they won a hard-fought game last night against the Denver Broncos. There's just some flaws in the Titans, especially in the defense. Jerry Judy was eating their corners alive. So, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars to start the season 2-0. I did not. If you had told me this in May or in June when they were getting rid of everybody, I would have said you're crazy. But knowing that now they are in the hunt, technically in the hunt of things, I have them starting 2-0, guys. Call me crazy all you want. I have them upsetting the Tennessee Titans. And that game most likely will probably hit the over, knowing both of these teams. At 1 o'clock on Fox, the 0-1 Minnesota Vikings, they travel to Indianapolis to take on the 0-1 Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are favored by three points, and the over-under is 48-and-a-half. The Colts, I mean, that team looked like a... I was... That team was shocking on Sunday. You would have thought, oh, they're playing the Jaguars. They're going to get an easy victory. And then somehow, Jacksonville pulls away with the victory. Uh, I'm going to pick the Vikings in this game. Honestly, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick the Vikings. If the Colts had more than Mack, I could, I might have changed it. But yeah, no, I'm picking the Vikings. Dalvin Cook, reliable back. Um, and it's unfortunate that they lost more. The Colts lost more than Mack to a torn Achilles for the rest of the season. At one o'clock on CBS, we have the one and Buffalo Bills traveling down to South Florida to take on the 0-1 Miami Dolphins. Buffalo is favored by six points with the over-under being 41. I don't think there's much explanation I need. Yes, you guys, I was incorrect about the Dolphins beating the Patriots. I bite my tongue on that one, and I eat my crow. But, yeah, if Fitzpatrick's the starter, and if Tua is the starter, they somewhat have a chance. I don't think they do if Fitzpatrick is the starter, and I'm going to go off the fact that Fitzpatrick will probably be the starter so I have the Bills absolutely crushing them. The over-under, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on, on that one. I might say that that might hit the over. 1 o'clock on Fox, we have the 0-1 San Francisco 49ers traveling to MetLife Stadium to take on the 0-1 New York Jets. The Niners are favored by 7 points with the over-under being 42 points. The Niners... That team really did shock me. I did not expect the Cardinals to come away with a victory. I did think that the Cardinals were going to cover the spread, but I did not think that the Cardinals would come away with a week one victory against the Niners. Maybe it shows that trading away to Forrest Buckner was kind of a mistake after all. And the New York Jets was not surprised. I actually know I was a little bit surprised that they only lost by 10. I thought this team was going to lose by at least 20 points to the Buffalo Bills. I don't think Darnold is the answer. Honestly, Jets fans, I think you got to cut him. I don't think he deserves another chance. I'm going to pick the Niners. The Niners definitely have a lot more talent. They will definitely 
cover that seven-point spread, and they themselves will probably score 42 points, so I have it hitting the over. At 1 o'clock on Fox, we have the o, or excuse me, the 1-0 Los Angeles Rams traveling to Lincoln Financial Field to take on my beloved Philadelphia Eagles. The line is the Rams are favored by 1.5 points, and the over-under is 46. Oh, my birds, we looked abysmal against the Washington football team. Well, in that second half, I should clarify. The first half, Carson Wentz looked on fire. But losing the Washington football team, that one definitely did sting a little bit. So just for my pride and so that they can prove me wrong, I'm going to pick the Rams. That's right. Oh, you're an Eagles fan picking the Rams? What's wrong with you? Oh, I'm picking the Rams on purpose because I want my birds to prove me wrong so that they can win a game. There's been a lot of injuries with Philadelphia. We, we're going to lose Vinny Curry for a significant amount of time. We're losing Craig James for a significant amount of time. Hopefully, Lane Johnson will be better. He was just upgraded to day-to-day. But, yeah, Brainagram and concussion protocol, it's not looking good. So, I want these guys to prove me wrong, and I'm going to pick the Rams. 1 o'clock on CBS, we have the 0-1 Denver Broncos traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the 1-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. The line is Pittsburgh is favored by 7 points, and the over-under is 41.5. I'm going to pick the Steelers in this game. However, I think Denver covers. Denver lost an unfortunate game last night where they were in it for a majority of the game. But, yeah, I'm going to pick the Steelers. 1 o'clock on Fox, we have the 0-1 Carolina Panthers traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the 0-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is Tom Brady's home opener in his new stadium in Raymond James Stadium. Tampa Bay is favored by 9 points, and the over-under is 48.5. I am going to pick the Bucs to win this game. However, the Chris Godwin injury, hopefully he's a lot better, but I was not surprised that the Saints absolutely dominated the Bucs. I've been saying this from the start. Tampa does not have a good defense besides their linebackers. Everything else are inherent flaws. So I am picking the Bucs to win that game. But the Panthers will cover that spread. Nine points, a little ridiculous. And I see it hitting the over. At 4.05 p.m. Eastern on Fox, we have the 1-0 I'm surprised I'm even saying that. The 1-0 Washington football team heading to Arizona to take on the number, the 0-1, I mean, 1-0 Arizona Cardinals. Arizona is favored by 6.5, and and the over-under is 46.5. I'm picking the Cardinals to win this game. I mean, if you saw how the Cardinals played against the Niners, this team looks like they could be a dark horse to maybe win the NFC West and get a wild card. I'm picking the Cardinals. They will cover that six-and-a-half-point spread, and they will most likely probably hit the under. The under. At 4.25 p.m. Eastern on CBS, we have the 1-0, the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, against the 1-0 Los Angeles Chargers. This is the Chargers' home opener at SoFi Stadium. However, they are eight-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Kansas City Chiefs, 47-and-a-half being the over-under. I'm picking the Chiefs to absolutely destroy them in their home opener. This team, the Chargers, they they came away with the victory, but not by much. 
and the Chiefs absolutely dominated the Texans, so I'm picking the Chiefs. Most likely will probably hit the under, but I have them covering that eight-and-a-half-point spread. At 425 on CBS, we have the 1-0 Baltimore Ravens traveling to Houston to take on the 0-1 Houston Texans. Baltimore is favored by seven points with the over-under being 51-and-a-half points. I have the Ravens. There's really no questions asked. You saw how this team was against the Browns. This team looks like they're poised. They want to prove that they can knock off the Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl. Are they my Super Bowl pick? I'm not saying that right now. But the Ravens are poised. They are determined. They're hungry to head to Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl. I'm picking the Ravens. They're definitely going to cover that seven-point spread. Even if Texans did play it close more in the second half than the first half, the over will hit and the Ravens will cover that spread. Sunday Night Football, 8-20 on NBC. We have the 1-0 New England Patriots heading to Seattle to take on the 1-0 Seattle Seahawks. The line Seattle is favored by four points and the over-under is at 45. I think this will definitely hit the over. But everyone's been talking about, oh, Tom Brady's 0-1 and Bill Belichick's 1-0 without each other. In Tom Brady's defense, he was playing the New Orleans Saints and Bill Belichick was playing the Dolphins. You see the dynamic there. I'm picking the Seahawks to win that game. I think they will cover that four-point spread, but this game, in my opinion, will definitely hit the over. And Monday Night Football, 8.15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN or ABC. It is the grand opening of Allegiant Stadium where the 1-0 New Orleans Saints will be the first team to play in Allegiant Stadium against the 1-0 Las Vegas Raiders. New Orleans, they are favored by 6.5 points with the over-under being 51. I think this hits the over. I am going to pick the Saints, unfortunately, to win against the Raiders, but the Raiders will cover that 6.5-point spread. I think that might be a little bit generous, knowing that they only had a 3.5-point spread and ended up winning by 11, but still. I am picking the Saints, but the Raiders to cover. Those are my picks, guys. Please let me know how you guys feel. And also, this is going to wrap it up for episode number nine on Broad Sports. Make sure to tell me how you feel with maybe even your own picks or even some suggestions on my Twitter page at KCone Sports. Please follow Broad Sports on Twitter at KCone Sports. There will be an Instagram coming at a later date i will have that set up soon and i will let you guys know when that happens but for now follow broad sports on twitter at kcone sports for updates and even leave your suggestions in twitter messages so that's going to wrap it up here for episode number nine i definitely had a lot of fun recording this and just talking about football that football is a sport i love and i'm looking forward to this season I can hopefully get hopefully I can get some more guests on for the upcoming weeks. But for right now, this is me on a solo dolo. This is your host, Kevin Cohn, signing off. Have a great day, everyone.